0: Southern Nevada Council. We'll have everybody take their seats. We're going to try to get started on time for the radio and the recordings. So thank you for coming to SACPA today. My name is Larry Elford, and I'm going to be your moderator for today. I've got, uh, being as brief as possible, just a couple of housekeeping details, and then I'll introduce the speaker. Housekeeping details. Please turn off your cell phones so that we don't have that interruption during the uh, speaker. This session is being recorded. A reminder to place $11 per person in the baskets at your table for lunch and have someone verify it and uh, someone will be around to collect it. Memberships are available from uh, Lisa or Annalise and uh, thank you to the L Country Kitchen Catering, Shaw TV, CKXU, FM Radio Live and the Lethbridge Herald for for their uh, generosity in covering and sponsoring these things. The format is 25 minutes of uh, speaking. Gary says if he's gone that long, that I'm to give him the hook. Uh, So we might get some uh, spare time there. Uh, Lunch will then follow, and then 25 minutes for question period. And with that, I'll introduce the speaker in the shortest possible time frame. You've got the sheet on your table. But Gary, Gary was elected April 2012. He's presently the opposition critics for job skills, training, and labor. He's the MLA for Cardston, Tabor, Warner, covering about 50,000 people in one of the biggest constituencies, areas, in the uh, certainly in the south part of the country. He's born and raised in Lethbridge, lived in Sweden for two and a half years, earned his uh, bachelor's degree and an MBA at BYU. And I think if you will join me in welcoming Gary, to Southern Alberta Council.
1: Thank you very much. It's an honor to be here. Um, uh, To start off, I want to share with you an experience that I had uh, a while back. Uh, A friend approached me and said uh, that uh, she wanted to give me a comb for Christmas. And I said, why in the world would you do that? And her reply, I wanted to give you something you'd never part with. <laughs> A few years ago, like many others, I was concerned about the direction our province was heading. In 2011, when Premier Stelmach was replaced by Alison Redford, we were preparing to run our fourth straight budget deficit. Provincial debt was rising. Our rainy day savings funds were being depleted. And our property rights were under siege. But what was worse, the PCs were implementing a series of new rules and procedural changes that were a direct assault on the fundamental principles of Western democracy. Principles that men and women went to war, fought and died to protect, and trusted us to maintain. All around me, friends and neighbors were saying they didn't recognize their province anymore. True small-c conservatives felt abandoned and disenfranchised. Our province was becoming an economic basket case and developing the political class apparently more interested in in rewarding its friends with million-dollar bonuses and six-figure severances than representing the people of the province and delivering services. Our province, once considered a beacon of fiscal responsibility, individual freedom and opportunity, was proposing and passing legislation violating basic human rights and freedoms. Some people said these bills had more in common with Eastern European acts than those of a free and democratic society. Albertans were unhappy, but their voices weren't being heard. As a citizen, I could no longer trust my MLA to advocate for me and my neighbors. Through a series of major and minor maneuvers being made by the PCs, the decline of democracy in the province is frightening to me. Never before had elected MLAs been so powerless to effect change and speak up on behalf of their constituents. Never before had a small group of unelected advisors had so much influence over public policy and the direction of our province. Never before had the delivery of core services like health care and education been so centralized in the hands of so few. And never before had Albertans been listened to less and dictated to more. My party had left me but I quickly realized that there was a credible alternative. Wild Rose had new ideas for balancing the budget and providing principled leadership. The Wild Rose Democracy and Accountability Plan sought to restore democracy in Alberta through a wide range of thoughtful reforms, things you and I would call common sense would attack the status quo in a way that has never been challenged before. What are the actual problems? As I see it, so much of what's wrong with our current system as a consequence of the demand of strict caucus discipline. Many of us know firsthand what a PCMLA will do when the Premier's wants clashes with what's best for his or her constituents needs. The Premier wins every time. Look no further than the planned closure of the Michener Center in Red Deer to see an example of this. In 2013 despite promises to the contrary the government announced the sudden closure of the Michener Center in Red Deer without consultation with the 175, 125 patients that were there or their families or the staff that would be affected by this. This about-face turned the lives of Michener residents upside down, as you can imagine. It was unfair to staff, patients, and families, and it birthed the local advocacy group called Friends of Michener, which held large rallies to protest this decision. Pretty much the entire Redner community supported keeping the Michener Center open, But the two PCMLAs elected to represent Red Deer stayed silent, likely terrified of upsetting their premier. Against what I'm assuming was their own conscience, these two MLAs didn't advocate on behalf of the people who thought they'd elected them to do just that. It's this kind of reverse accountability that's driving a wedge between everyday Albertans and the democratic process. It's a sad state of affairs. These are practices which would be eliminated under a Wild Rose government. Firstly, Wild Rose supports free votes for all its members in the legislature. And I wanted to share a, a story with you. Prior to the last election, a friend of mine who was an ML, a PC MLA said that in, in an election readiness uh, meeting that was held, all the, the uh, sitting MLAs and the new candidates were, were addressed by uh, Premier Redford. And this is what she said to them. If your opinion is not the same as my opinion, you have no business being in this caucus. Now contrast that to what Danielle Smith told the 87 of us who were candidates and uh, some sitting MLA's. She said, I want you to understand, I'm not your boss. I'm just the party leader. Your your bosses are the people that elected you, and if you don't vote the way they want you to, you're going to answer to me. We believe if what your constituent wants conflicts with what the Premier wants, you'd better listen to the people who elected you. For a prime example of this, we don't have to look past the uh, political drama that unf- to, uh, excuse me, for a prime example of this, we don't have to look past the political drama that unfolded in the legislature surrounding former PCMLA Dr. Raj Sherman. For those of you who may have forgotten, in 2010, emergency rooms were in crisis. Well, they still are, but that's a speech for another day. And Dr. Sherman, an emergency room doctor himself, was in the unique position of intimately understanding both how urgent the frontline care issues were at the time and how ineffective the government's plan was to fix them. Dr. Sherman took the courageous step of speaking out publicly when he realized that his own party was ignoring his suggestions and trying to muzzle him. Albertans were suffering and even dying, but the Progressive Conservative Cabinet seemed more concerned about avoiding bad press than solving the ER crisis plaguing the province. Dr. Sherman told the truth about life and death situations, and he was banished, kicked out of the caucus for failing to toe the party line. The freedom to vote and the freedom to advocate, without the threat of punishment or retribution, will put a stop to these disturbing practices. PC party discipline requires MLAs to simply rubber stamp government policies if they want to retain their positions in, in caucus or in cabinet. And this is bad government, plain and simple. It's not democracy. It's a legislative dictatorship. Wild Rose supports legislation that would give citizens the power to recall ineffective MLAs. Too often Albertans have elected MLAs who promised the world only to deliver scandal and controversy soon after they entered that historic building in Edmonton. One needs to look no further than the writing of Calgary Curry for a flagrant example of this. In 2012, current PCMLA Christine Cusinelli ran a campaign of openness, accountability, and transparency. She also ran on eliminating debt. Again, a speech for another day. After she was elected, however, her actions told him very different story than the one she delivered on the doorsteps and at the kitchen tables of the voters. You may, you may remember, following the election, Ms. Cusinelli was almost immediately involved in a spending scandal involving a trip to the 2012 Olympics in London. She expensed 31 non-approved items on the trip, including passport photos, expensive hotel rooms, meals, and flights to the game, games for her friends and family. Essentially, using our money, she bought vacations for her loved ones. This won her, the, won her the infamous Teddy Award given out annually by the Canadian Taxpayers Federation in recognition of horrible, horrific examples of government waste and corruption in Canada. When news of this broke, under a wave of public scrutiny, Ms. Cusinelli paid back the thousands of dollars, but the damage was already done. Voters in Calgary-Curry knew that they'd been lied to, and uh, they weren't happy. Do you think they'd like another shot at that ballot before 2016? So do I. Under a Wild Rose government, voters would have the opportunity to recall elected officials who violate their trust. Wild Rose believes MLAs need to be accountable to their constituents every day, not just on Election Day. Free votes and recall legislation empower MLAs to serve the people who matter most, their constituents. You and me. But these aren't the only areas where we differ from the PCs. Wild Rose supports set election dates. The PCs do not. What we have instead is a sort of fixed election season. Not fixed in the veterinary sense, although that might be a good idea. I just said that to see if anybody was listening. A Wild Rose, if you're still awake, a Wild Rose government would... Institute set dates for general elections, Senate elections, budgets, and legislative sessions to ensure that election and sitting times can't be manipulated by the government of the day for its own political purposes. Wildrose supports a strengthened role for the Auditor General. The PCs don't. Wildrose government would see to it that that the offices of the Auditor General and the Ethics Commissioner have adequate resources to play a more robust role in holding government and MLAs to account. Wild Rose supports open tendering for government contracts. The PCs don't do it. And Wild Rose supports full public disclosure of prioritized capital spending projects, something the PCs refuse repeatedly to do. The Wildrose government would publicly post open tendering for all government contracts and publicly disclose all its capital spending priorities so Albertans can trust we aren't playing politics with infrastructure spending the way the current guys do. Wildrose supports whistleblower protection for civil servants. The PCs do not. A Wildrose government would introduce real protection so government employees, who are often in the best position to see inefficiencies and improprieties, are protected when they speak out. And Wildrose supports easy, affordable foot processes, which, again, the PCs do not. I'm sure that you've read the tragic stories involving the death of children in provincial care that have been in the media lately. For those of you who don't know, a joint report recently done by the Edmonton Journal and Calgary Herald titled Fatal Care showed the Alberta government has hidden the number of child welfare deaths that have occurred in Alberta over the past number of years. The report found that 145 foster children have died since 1999. Nearly triple the 56 deaths revealed in government reports. The dedicated journalist behind this report got a tip about it and immediately put in a Freedom of Information request to get the real number so they could tell the story. That was more than four years ago. Incredibly, the government fought them in court for four years to keep this information from being released. Four years, and it almost worked. That's four years of paperwork, administrative work, legal work, money and resources dedicated entirely to keeping the story hidden. But what's worse during this time, the issues plaguing Alberta's child welfare system were allowed to continue unchecked just to keep this government from having a bad news day. Thanks to the unrelenting efforts of the reporters behind this story, the issue finally did see the light of day. And while the PC government has refused our requests for a full public inquiry into the matter, it has brought some much-needed attention to Alberta's broken child welfare system. Hard-working, frontline workers' concerns are finally being heard. While Rose ran into a similar problem, we tried requesting information surrounding the severance package given to the Premier's former Chief of Staff, Stephen Carter. How much was the severance, we asked. It sounds like a straightforward request, but the government used many of its, uh, its lawyers to muddy the waters and keep Carter's severance hidden for as long as they could. In question period, we asked the Premier about the golden severance, but she wouldn't say anything, likely in hopes that the whole thing would just go away. As we well know now, the Premier gave Mr. Carter $130,000 of your money as severance for just six months of service following the 2012 election. An easy, affordable FOI process would do wonders in holding this and any government accountable for its actions. These ideas sound reasonable to you, There's a reason why. It's because they are. But the problem is what's common sense to you and me clearly isn't common practice to an entrenched political class that's been in power for more than 42 years and has enough skeletons in its closet to fill a graveyard. The truth is, after four decades, the PC Party of Alberta has lost touch with everyday ordinary Albertans and the needs and concerns they bring to the table. So where are we now? Unfortunately, the problem plaguing this government seems to have gotten worse. We anticipate another de- deficit budget will be delivered on March 6th, as well as more debt in 2014. But through sleight of hand, it may not be obvious. Finance Minister Doug Horner made an unprecedented move in 2013 to try and mask the government's fiscal failures so the budget results look better than they actually are. He split Alberta's budget into three separate categories, op- Categories: operational expenses, capital expenses, and savings. This way, he can underreport the province's debt and deficit by only reporting the numbers in contrast to operational expenses. According to Canadian Taxpayers Federation spokesman Derek Bilderbrand, this is cooking the books. He said that the Redford rulers are deliberately misleading the public about the province's fiscal state by withholding the true deficit numbers each year. The reality is the government is full speed ahead on its plan to saddle taxpayers, that's us folks, with $17 billion in debt by 2016. Last week, the CTF pegged current provincial debt at $8 billion plus and rising. Disappointingly, but not surprisingly, this is exactly the opposite of what Premier Redford and her government promised prior to the last election. Back then, she said, Debt has proven the death of countless dreams. And, debt is the trap that has caught so many struggling governments. Now she's led us right back into that trap. The Premier's recent trip to South Africa illustrates perfectly the culture of secrecy and entitlement that's consumed this government. This is the now infamous personal trip the Premier took to South Africa to attend Nelson Mandela's funeral at a cost of $45,000 to you and me. Clearly, Premier Redford's desire to travel in style trumps the interests of taxpayers. The Premier then, in typical fashion, blamed the mess on her staff, who subsequently passed the buck on to some provincial bureaucrats. The Premier's staff tried saying there were no commercial flights available to Ottawa, but a quick Google search disproved that claim. Finally, the Premier admitted the expenses were wrong, but refuses to pay them back. And I heard her say that again yesterday in a speech. Sadly, however, it comes as no surprise to most Albertans at this point. It's what we've come to expect of this premier and this party. Lies, deceits, and forgetting or ignoring the fact that government has no money of its own. It all comes from hardworking taxpayers and the businesses that employ them. From the deep and painful cuts to persons with developmental disabilities, to the heartless closure of the Michener Center in Red Deer, to trying to cover up and downplay the deaths of many children in government care, The PC government has shown a total lack of accountability, transparency, and democracy in Alberta. One thing hasn't changed, however. The Wild Rose still believes in open, honest government based on empowered MLAs who are accountable to their constituents. First and foremost, through free votes in the legislature, set election dates, public disclosure of information, referenda, and recall. Wild Rose will stand up for Albertans infrastructure priorities. The interchanges, the upgrades to schools, hospitals, and infrastructure that communities need. And as your official Wildrose opposition, we will continue to hold this government to account. Opposing inappropriate legislation, proposing amendments that clarify and improve some, and exposing waste and corruption wherever and whenever it occurs. We'll continue to push for democratic reforms and good governance in the province we all love. Thank you.